Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Candor Podcast. My guest today is my good friend and client, Mike Lutz. Right now, Mike and I have been online training because he is in uh, Louisville area. We've been online training for a minimum of 14 months. And Mike and I go back a few years now. He came to me um, because he was wanting to, to get better at running, if I'm not mistaken, Mike, in-person mm -hmm. training. So you yep. wanted to improve your strength, improve your endurance, um, and just as a side also, you know, feel better, be healthier, things like that. So that's where our relationship started. And then it had a little bit of a pause. And then by the time Mike came back, I wasn't able to accommodate his schedule. So I, I handed him off to another uh, another trainer that he worked with for a while. And then Mike moved to uh, Louisville, which is where he is now. So he's been there for, you've been there for a few years or a couple of years at least. Uh, coming up on three years this summer. Three years. That's crazy. So, yep. uh, so we've kept in touch. We, we've always, you know, text and chat and email and all that kind of stuff. And then one day uh, we just kind of, we're just in a chat conversation one afternoon and I said, Hey, and we training got brought up somehow and you were getting ready to do another marathon. I, if I'm not mistaken, and you wanted to get stronger, I think you were just trying to find some motivation and you had worked with a trainer while you were down there, kind of done some online slash in-person training. And I said, Hey man, you know, let's just give this a try and, and see what it's like. So now you are 100% virtual, um, making progress every week. And so I invited Mike on just to to share the pros, the cons, and uh, of online training, and and maybe help another trainer or maybe nudge somebody who's thinking about online training into that direction. So, Mike, thanks for that's a hell of an intro, by the way. It is. That was that was a great intro, if I if I, if I say so myself. But tell everybody a little bit about yourself, um, about what you do for a, maybe a living, so we can kind of get the background of who you are and maybe how you incorporate online training into your in that lifestyle. Sure. So as you mentioned, uh, I've been living, my family and I have been living in Louisville for three years. And professionally wise, it's a little bit of a unique situation for me. So I work out of my home um, full time. So I have an office, uh, home office. I'm a uh, market research analyst for actually a company that is uh, in, still in Cincinnati, Concentrics Corporation. So I still have the, the Cincinnati connection uh, for work, but I, uh, I work full-time, uh, as I mentioned, out of my home office um, here in Louisville. So in terms of the, the online training, with that, I guess, setup, how, me being at my house uh, so, so much, it's kind of a um, a, I guess a bonus for me that, you know, I do the workouts. Uh, I just go downstairs and actually do the workouts outside most of the time in my garage or sometimes just outside of my garage. So one of the, re the really uh, appealing things for me with that is, you know, I don't have to, to drive across town to a gym. Um, you know, I have, I have time usually over my lunch periods, uh, or, or middle of the day periods where, I can, you know, go downstairs, get the workout in and be back in my office literally in probably 40 minutes yeah. um, in the time that, you know, you would normally take to, to have a lunch break. So um, that's kind of my setup. And it's been that way, you know, Eric, ever since you and I started uh, more than a year ago, uh, I really haven't deviated from that um, setup. 
And it's, it just works really, really well for me and my schedule, my professional uh, schedule. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. And that's fitting it into your day. So it sounds like you choose your, your workout over your meal. So you're starving yourself all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I do the workout and then, you know, when I'm done, I kind of grab lunch and I'll, I'll bring it back to yeah. my desk or, you know, I'll just, I'll grab something. So the, the lunch break is mostly consumed by the, the workout and then right. um, the rest is for, yeah, for eating. So let's, let's scale back a little bit because you had some experience with online training before you and I started working together. Mm-hmm. So describe that. And that process yeah. and what that was like, because you, you were going to a gym, working with another yeah. trainer and go. So as you mentioned, I've kind of, I've kind of done it all. So, you know, my first experience, as you mentioned back in, in Cincinnati was uh, the one-on-one and then the, the one-on-one with Aaron, as you mentioned. And then when I moved to Louisville, I was still very interested in doing in-person one-on-one. So I found a gym here. Uh, that was uh, probably a 15 minute drive, uh, maybe 20 minutes, you know, with, with, with traffic to, to work with a, again, in-person trainer uh, mm-hmm. that was also had a, as you mentioned, a, a, I guess a digital or online component as well. So we would, the setup of that is we would meet two days a week in person and then the third workout, I would either do at home or I could go to the gym and, and just do the workout by myself is essentially um, how it works. So the third workout, he would, he would give me the workout and then I would just kind of complete it on my own. Okay. And I did that for probably the first year that I was in Louisville, uh, enjoyed it. Uh, but again, a couple of things that, um, over time became barriers and that would be, I I think I mentioned it was probably a 15 or 20 minute drive. So, you know, the first three, four, six months, it's, you know, it doesn't really bother you. It's, you know, no problem, but then you start to get into it and, and, you know, life gets in the way that's 40 minutes of commuting both ways for, for a 30 minute workout. So that was one thing that was kind of a barrier. And then, um, you know, just the kind of the setup at the gym I was at, um, you know, got to be, I don't know what the, not stale, I guess maybe stale is too strong of a word, but it just wasn't fun. You know, I, it wasn't something where I got to the point where I was looking forward to doing. Um, so you add that on top of the commute. So if you're, you don't look forward to the commute and you're not looking forward to, to what you're doing when you get there, it kind of all kind of wraps together. You know, it's not something that it's not sustainable and it, it wasn't. So I stopped after about a year um, of doing that. Okay. And then there was a, I guess a little bit of a break and then we started training together. Yep. And so let's talk a little bit about your, your running career because you're still actively running. You're still completing mm-hmm. half marathons, um, marathons. So tell it, tell everybody a little bit about your running career. We're kind of working backwards in a way, but that's mm-hmm. okay to tell everybody a little bit about your running career and then maybe we can talk about how the workouts that you, have I, you and I have devised uh, play a role in that. Yeah. So as you mentioned at the start, um, I started running right around the time we started first working out in Cincinnati. So mm-hmm. um, I knew I was going to try to do my first half marathon. So I was kind of getting into running at that point. And, you know, at that time of my life, you know, just married, early 30s, a lot of free time on your hands, no kids yet, um, you know 
thinking I, I'm you know spending time running, but I also have time to start you know work, uh, doing strength training and kind of adding that uh, with it. So I, you know that first half marathon, I really wanted to get as strong as I could, uh, not knowing kind of what the experience was going to be like for me if I was going to be able to make it or you know how much stronger I needed to get. So that was really kind of the uh, the jumping off point for the running and the strength. But as you mentioned, I've kept up with the running ever since. I try to do at least one half marathon a year, uh, sometimes two, depending on on the races. And, and for me, you know, the biggest thing I love about it isn't the training necessarily, you know, going out and, and doing the runs, but it's, you know, the actual race day uh, of, of completing a race, of being with thousands of people doing the same thing, um, you know, working towards a goal, whatever your your goal is, if it's 10 minute miles, seven minute miles, um, you know, the adrenaline and, and the feeling on race day is something that, you know, as an adult, you know, anymore, you don't really get that <laughs> much. Yeah. Uh, it's not, you know, it's something I can still compete at, if that makes sense, uh, that yeah. my body still lets me kind of compete at, um, you know, competing with myself, obviously, but it's still a for me, a pretty big adrenaline rush. And, um, you know, as I said, just love the actual race day experience. Yeah, absolutely. And you, it, it's funny because we didn't really touch on like the family aspect of, first of all, being at home and being able to work out is actually something that I've only got to experience um, when, when, when shutdown happened. So back mm -hmm. in March is when I strictly started working out at home. And now that's all I do. I get up way too freaking early to train myself three days a week. So I, the value of that though, is you're not missing out on time with the rest of the family, you know, like the drive time, the commute and everything that's time away from your family. Yep. Now, granted it's it. Yeah. Some people could argue, well, I like, I like the, uh, the drive to the gym because I get to listen to a podcast. I get to, I get to unplug or something they do before work or after work. That is all fantastic. And if that is what you like to do, then more power to you. Keep doing it. But for me, and it sounds like for you, there's a value in knowing that you, you don't have to go far to train. It's right there. It limits the excuses, number one. I think it's the biggest part. And then the time that you get back is time that you get to do things around the house with your family, spend time with you know, your son, me, the daughter. And so all of that makes it worth it to me. Like when I get home, mm -hmm. I, I know that right after work, I'm like, okay, and I have to stay another hour and some change or a little bit less, uh, you know, to complete my own workout. Whereas I do it in the morning at home where I, I just do that, go upstairs, get ready, and I'm off off to the races. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like that's, you know, one of the biggest benefits to you. Now, the interesting thing to me is you are, you know, like many people who are into strength training, who, who in, are into exercise, or you're a former athlete yourself, so you played some high school football. Do you? Remind me, did you play in college? I did not play in college. No, I, I played uh, high school football and basketball. Okay, high school football and basketball. Right. So that that like urge to compete, like it doesn't right. go away, but the right. opportunities become smaller <laughs> as you get older. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, and then you know, like I, I've got I've got buddies who are in basketball leagues. Actually, my cousin um, just what did he do to his, was it his ankle or his Achilles or something? Cause he's in a competitive basketball league. He's 37 years old. You know, you just turned 40. Mm -hmm. You get into those kind of positions and 
I don't know about you, but like my risk to reward ratio is way off. Like me getting in my truck in the morning and putting my seatbelt on is about the riskiest thing that I'm going to do physically all day. <laughs> I just don't put myself in those kind of situations anymore. But like, you know, you hear all the time guys our age going out and playing like a picket game yeah. of basketball and they blow out their knee or roll yeah. their ankle and you're out for a long time. Um, well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. Like you, you mentioned it a second ago. It's that whatever that is that's that's inside uh we call it competitiveness call it um you know drive that that truly never leaves and, right. and the, like i mentioned i'm smart enough now at 40 uh to the point you were making i i kind of know i can't really go and play really even pick up basketball um you know i can't really do anything at, at that competitive a level even though you know, my body probably is strong enough. It's just not something, you know, I don't have the time for, um, right. That's you it. know, it wouldn't be enjoyable. I mean, I mean, bottom line, but <laughs> you know, getting back to the, uh, the running, <laughs> you know, the running is something that's a hundred percent individual. You know, you can yeah. do it on your time. And like I said, I, you know, for me, it's like, I know on race day, like the juices are going to be flowing. The adrenaline's going to be going it's one day of the year where you get to right. kind of feel like an athlete again and can go out there and try to get a time or, or, or you know, cross the finish line at, at whatever uh, interval. So that's, that's what it is for me. That's what kind of keeps me going. Yeah. And I think the, the point to my long rant and I was getting a little bit off into the weeds was, was when you find something like that, a lot of people, I think they, they think about, okay, exercise is something that I do because I have to do, or I have, I, you know, I, they try to make themselves enjoy it. And that's almost all they give them themselves to do physically, but you went at it as, okay, I, maybe you didn't enjoy running at the beginning, but you, you, it seems to, to be that you really enjoy it. Now you like the competitiveness of it. It seems that you've got your stride down. You're really into um, the aspect of running and you knew that by getting stronger, you're only, that's only going to improve that competitive aspect. It's going to give you a little bit more of an edge. And, um, I think as, as you, you know, as you start to adjust your running, if you have started to adjust your running, your program has changed, um, you know, getting closer to race day, you and I have to make some adapt, uh, adaptations to your program. Um, so anyway, let, let's kind of transfer into, what your your program looks like so right now you're on a basically a three-day full body program and the way i have it set up is no different than if you or i would be working in person it's a push pull upper body lower body you have you started with very limited equipment at the very beginning and we had to get really creative how to do like chest presses mm -hmm. and rows and things like that because you were only working with a box so we had to be real selective with that but then you started to acquire new equipment, which has broadened uh, a lot of opportunity for your, your strength training experience. So talk a little bit about, about that and the very beginning of what it was like for you to first start training at your home by yourself, like moving into like a, a running season. So at the very beginning, uh, as you mentioned, it was – you know, hey Eric, I have a uh, a plyo box and I and I have a couple of sets of dumbbells, um, and that's literally it. Uh, so, 
you know, and I think our first, I don't know how many months or weeks, like we literally just used a plyo box and whatever dumbbells I had. And over time, what happened with me is, you know, I realized, Hey, I really like what we're doing here. I like working out at home. I like the, the setup I have in the garage and you, you can probably recall, like, as we've met over the months, I started to ask, you know, Hey, what's the next thing I should go try to get, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. the next things we got were a set of bands. Um, and then we got a, um, the plyo ball, you know, and then we got, you know, slowly I started to work up and, and get different weights, uh, with the dumbbells, um, a bench, you know, getting a real, be- uh, a bench was another yeah. kind of milestone. So it started very, very modest. Um, but again, as I mentioned, the key with me is I realized, Hey, you know, I maybe have two pieces of equipment here, but this is really fun. And, you know, even with two pieces of equipment, like I, I'm, I feel like I'm getting stronger. If it was like the first four weeks or five weeks, we were just limited in what we had. Like I was, I was getting better. I was getting stronger. Mm-hmm. And again, once I realized that, it's like, hey, you know, I think I'm going to stick with this for a while. You know, let's, I'll talk to Eric and ask the next, what he would recommend to get to kind of, you know, so we can, you know, do more stuff in the workout. So right. uh, that's how I, the best way I would describe it. And I, I forgot to mention at the very beginning is basically the way our program runs is, and how I do online training in, in general is, and a lot of people do it different ways, but Mike and I, he had, <clears throat> I sent him weekly workouts and I adjust the next workout based on the previous one. Um, so increasing reps and weight and sets and things like that. And then at the end of the month, right before we start a new, what I would call like a new cycle, which isn't some big giant like change. We just, we meet via zoom for 30 minutes. And then as you know, throughout the month, if he needs adjustments, we just message each other. I use a product called true coach. We just message each other through that and or text message or something. And he lets me know what he's going to do with his adjustments. If there's any other days that he's not going to be able to train or to, to, you know, maybe something didn't feel right, or there's a form correction, then we can meet and talk about that. But uh, the progression of your, your equipment is really interesting because when you first started, like you said, it was just the box, a couple of dumbbells. So it was pretty limited. We got creative, got some body weight exercises into and then my, so my idea, my thought process was why we got the bands next would be, was because you got to think about like your level of financial investment into right. like your home gym. Right. And you know, people want to be as invested. So I thought for the more variety, um, not because, not because variety is king, it's not, but to kind of get some extra work in, in different motions without saying, Hey, you got to go out and spend a couple hundred dollars on a bench mm-hmm. instead spend $30 on some resistance bands. That's where my head was. Cause now we could do different variations for the chest, different variations for the back, some different leg exercises. Then when you, when you upped to that, um, the exercise ball for like low back extensions and hamstring curls, that was a game changer. And then the bench was, is kind of like the, the Mecca of your home gym right. now, I, w- I would right. say. And then you started adding on, Hey, what's my next level of dumbbell I should get? Yep. Should I get a kettlebell? Things like that. So all those things are just, as you got, as you've gotten stronger, we, you've almost done it perfectly to the point where you almost recognize it in yourself that, Hey, I'm at a point now where I need a little extra bump. Like mm-hmm. I, need, I need something to get over like the next hurdle. 
Yep. So we've done it in a pretty good flow that way. You know, and the one thing I would say for, for anybody that, that you talk to or, or, you know, that's thinking about doing this is, you know, all these different, and again, it's over the course of a year, right? So mm -hmm. it's not like I made these investments in, in a month, but, you know, everything I have that I've bought is, I think, other than maybe the, um, the bands is used. So Play It Again Sports is a really good um, option. Uh, Facebook uh, Market um, has a lot of good used uh, options. So, you know, I have kind of added quite a bit to, to the gym, but um, coupled with the fact that I stretched it out over the, you know, more than a year and everything I buy is used, you know, it's, it's, you know, pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, you know, the most expensive thing is probably the bench, as you mentioned. And then, you know, whenever I get a new set of dumbbells, those, those can, those can be expensive, uh, a little more expensive. But uh, like I said, it's, um, if you put a little time into like hunting and, and going to play it against sports, um, you know, yeah. it, it can be helpful in terms of cost. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a, I think that's a smart way to look at it. And so now you, you know, you've got, a lot of training time under your belt. You, well, heck now you, you had that weird, we all, well, everybody experienced the weird shutdown, but you had that mm -hmm. half marathon that you were going to do and that kind of got jostled around, but we still, you know, maintain your training in a sensible manner. Now it's getting to, well, not today. I don't know about you, but in Cincinnati today, it's like, it is 77 degrees. This whole week has been gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yep. But you're training. I train in my basement and right now it's probably like, 70 degrees in here it's like nice and nice and chilly it feels good when i work out in the morning but you have to drag yourself out to the garage where some yeah. days i check your workouts when they complete and i the first thing i think of was like man how hot is it today because that's going to dictate yeah. and i this is no joke i know it sounds weird i'm not one of those trainers who's like yeah i mean it's hot as hell like just push through like you gotta <laughs> you gotta go back and work you know you've got to like yeah you've got to go back and eat some food. You've got to like yeah. five more hours of work to do. Plus you want to be able to enjoy the rest of your day. So no joke. I try to look ahead and I'm like, all right, Mike's, Mike's going to have a workout. It's going to be good weather. I'm going to bump it to three sets today. Mm -hmm. Next week, man, it's going to be like 95 degrees, hundred percent humidity. All right. We're going to taper these, you know, these first three exercises back to like one set. And then maybe we'll try to squeeze in some, you know, a little bit more, down the line like we'll push things out a little bit more as it cools off so we, we've had to kind of like taper that a little bit but mm -hmm. um <laughs> yeah that's kind of one of the unique aspects of my setup is it is outside or in the garage um and then you know living in in kentucky um where i do it is this time of year like you said can be pretty pretty brutal and i'm from michigan originally so i'm cold-blooded I, I don't like the heat, but I, I think, you know, you mentioned it is, you know, it, it's just an adjustment on days when it's like 95, you know, what, what whatever you have in the workout I'm going to do, but I'll probably go at a slower pace. You know, mm -hmm. I might not hit the, the reps that, um, that you have on there, but you know, you get through it, you, you know, again, getting back to the idea of I'm smart enough now at age 40 to know I'm not going to put myself, I'm not going to hurt myself. Like you said, you know, I got to come back to work the rest of the afternoon. I'm not going to hurt myself or make myself sick in a workout um, just because I'm trying to prove something, you know? So 
if it's too hot, I'm, I'll taper back to what I can do that day. Um, and you know that obviously in, in, yeah, uh, yeah. in, in kind of what I record. So it's just, it's just being smart, you know, at my age to, to know that, you know, it's not, you're not being a tough guy. You're not trying to prove anything. If it's, if it's 95 degrees, just, you know, take it easy, take it easy that day a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Just get through it, record what get you through can. It, yeah. And yeah. We can, and we can adjust later. It's, you know, in those days, like I'll, I'll even like make a comment like, Hey man, 95 degrees today. How does this feel? And I look back and I see, you know, there's instead of 15 reps, there's 10 reps, there's 12 reps, right. there's things like that. And I'm exactly. like, yeah, that, yep. that was a brutal workout. So Mike, tell me, we've kind of talked about the pros of, of online training. What about some cons of online training? Mm-hmm. Where do you, where do you see like, um, you know, and take it easy on me. Okay. Like just <laughs> don't hurt my feelings, but like, where, where do you see, where do you see some maybe things that, you wish you could have or that are that are missing in the online form yeah that one's easy for me the one thing i wish i had is you know somebody standing there looking at my form i am yeah. probably um to the extreme take every rep seriously in the respect that i you know i want perfect form um it, it's just kind of ever since we started, like, I, I just, you know, mm-hmm. I, I need to have perfect form. That's kind of the, the thought process or kind of, you know, right or wrong that, you know, that's in my head as I'm working out. So, you know, when I get to a, a, a um, whatever we're doing where I'm questioning my form, that's kind of when, you know, it's like, gosh, darn, I wish, you know, if Eric was just standing right here, this would be a two second fix, you know? Um, so that's really the only thing, and, and we've been doing it long enough now where, you know, whatever the question is, like if it's a text or a message, like I can get, get my answer, but it's in the real time. You know, you, you finish yeah. your workout, you're like, okay, I got to text Eric on my form on this, this workout. So it's not immediate. You don't get that immediate feedback. That would really be the only only negative that I see. And again, that's probably just more my personality of just of being so hyper-focused on form that it drives me crazy. If I have a question about if I'm doing something right or wrong in terms of form. Yeah, I would agree. I think the real-time feedback is very important. And if, if you're a coach out there and, and this is something you're dabbling in now, the videos, I should say mm-hmm. 90% of the videos that I send you, through true coach are, are me. Mm-hmm. And then I sprinkle in some of their central athletes, which maybe I'm biased, but for the exercises that I want, they're good. And I try to make like little captions at the bottom saying, you know, slow your form down here, keep your elbows back, whatever the exercise is, give a little bit more. Cause they don't really say much in the video. It's just like, here's an exercise, go do it. So that's definitely a big one for me. So the, the, the immediate feedback, and then it's probably, you know, another one for me at least is, and maybe this kind of goes into what we were talking about, but when I'm, when I see you do, a, when I see a client go through a workout, I can see their face. So I can see like the effort level. So I automatically know right away, like, okay, if they're doing, let's say they're doing a, uh, a dumbbell bicep curl with, you know, 25 or 30 pounds and that 30 pounds is new and their face is just through the roof, like struggling to the top. 
I know that maybe the next set we can, if we get the most out of the first set, we can scale back on the second set. Whereas I get a workout that's already completed by you. You have to make the judgment call. Mm -hmm. I'm not there for, you know, the coach isn't there for any kind of support saying, Hey, we got three more. Let's do it. We can get some uh, manual assistance and things like that. So the drive of the client has to be a very big motivator in, in the whole aspect, which um, I think is true in one-on-one training also, but like you have to make the decision to show up and go see your trainer. And then once you're there, whatever the, whatever the coach is asking you to do, you have to be able to put the effort into to complete the exercise. Like I can't mm-hmm. do that for you, mm-hmm. but I'm going to try to get a little bit more out of you or, you know, encourage you to, to finish the set. So that person, you have to have that in you to, to, okay. to finish, which is, which is big. Um, but otherwise, I, I think it's, you know, if the person knows the benefit of strength training and exercise, they, they take the time, they know they have it, they built it into their schedule like you have. I mean, man, 14 months and you've, what, besides vacations, you might have missed like no more than three workouts? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm probably a weird case in terms of kind of my routines. <laughs> how routine oriented I am, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but I'm at a point in my life now where strength training running is, is no longer really optional. Um, you know, you know, it was so much not getting into like family history of all these different health ailments. Right. But like, you know, still fairly young at 40, but like, I kind of see, you know, there's, there's not an option in my life anymore, not to, to be healthy in terms of, of strength in, in terms of cardio with the running, as long as I can physically do it, you know, I, I just have a, a, a very strong desire to keep, keep that part of my life mm-hmm. as healthy as possible, just because I know I'm not 20 anymore. I'm not 30. You know, there's, it's it, like I said, for me, it's not optional anymore. And, and again, that comes to, I think back to my, like, I'm so hyper-focused on routine and, and you mentioned not missing workouts. You know, I, I, again, it's just over the years, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen the first week, but you know, knowing when you're going to do it, you have time set aside to do it. You know, you don't have an excuse not to do it. At least that's how I see it. If you build it into your schedule and you're investing in it, like I am clearly, um, you know, there's, there's really no excuse other than if you're sick or something with work comes up, obviously, but sure. Um, you know, for me, it's in my life right now, it's kind of a mandatory, um, thing, but it's fun. You know, I, I, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun, the running or the strength. Um, it's yeah. fun, but also, you know, I see the benefits of it from a, macro level you know health standpoint yeah and you and you also and you've already touched on it the the value of of it goes far beyond the running and you know mm-hmm. obviously you know looking like a chiseled monster it's <laughs> it's just it's just a fact ho- of i was hoping you were going to work that in somehow yeah that's of course the sleeveless <laughs> shirts and everything but it's uh you know it's what we're doing for like our family and for where literally it's like you're investing into yourself for the future. And I think exactly. everybody knows that. Um, but I looked at your compliant, your quote unquote compliance rate here. And it says, so well, seven day compliance rate, 100%. Uh, 
30-day compliance rate, 96%. Because I think we had like, there's some time in there, there, there were like a couple days off, you were on, on vacation. Mm-hmm. And then your 99, your, excuse me, your 90-day compliance rate is at 99%. So like you're- Is that good? That's a, it's great. I'm looking at some <laughs> of my clients, I'm not going to name names, but one, a seven-day compliance of 70%, 30-day compliance of 49 90-day compliance of 35%. Now, look, there's a lot that has been going on in 90 days. Yeah, so maybe, yeah. so maybe right, that has sure. a, lot, a lot to do with it, okay? I understand that. But some people, and a lot of people could say, well, Eric, that's your fault. You're the coach. Get them into it. Look, you know, I'm at home. They're at home. I can call. I can text. Like it's up to them to actually do the work. Yeah. So Well, and for me, too, you know, like I said, like we talked about at the beginning, I've, I've worked with a lot, not a lot of different trainers at this point, but enough to know that, you know, the most fun I had was when we started out at the beginning, when you and I worked one-on-one at Mission 5. So, you know, and then going and seeing different trainers, how they operate, how they work. I knew when we started again, like I was not to blow more smoke at you than, than you need, but, you know, I was going back to what I thought of the group, all the different trainers I've worked with, you know, you know, I don't know the best way to describe it. You know, you have your, your stuff together in terms of how you approach it. Uh, because I work with trainers that, you know, just, you know, it's not as structured. It's kind of a little bit more loosey goosey. So I knew when we got back together, you know, obviously we're friends, but also, you know, I think you, at least for you and I working together, like the best approach, um, you know, in terms of a trainer and, and kind of me having confidence in you um, to that, you know, going to get the most out of the, uh, the relationship. Well, I, I appreciate that. And there's, you know, I think there's the bump that when people think about trainers and you, you've mentioned fun a lot because I think when people think of exercise and they think of having a trainer, they think that they're going to some place where they either they're going to be entertained and the workout is going to be really fun. And we, like you said, you know, we bounced, we went, did this exercise and we went over here and did that. There's no way to, there's no way to, to measure a bounce around workout. I can't, I can't tell you when you come in and we do 70 different things. And then the next workout you do 70 different other things and we never do anything that's the same. I need to know that when you come in, and we have good conversations, like, you know, it, it's fun because you're getting the most out of it. And in between sets, we're joking, we're having fun. That, that's great. But when you're putting in the work and you went from a 30-pound dumbbell chest press to a 35-dumbbell chest press, like, that's progress. And you can see that or whatever mm-hmm. the exercise is. That's, you know, yeah, generic there. But it's, there, there has to be a system in place. And I know I've said this before, so I'm blaming you for this, Mike. <laughs> but... If you're a trainer out there and you think that your primary goal is to keep your client entertained during the workout and that having fun and, and just being a friend all the time is your primary goal, that's not the way to go about it. And Mike just told you from a client aspect, don't be a dick, <laughs> like be someone somebody <laughs> wants to work with, but come at it with like a methodical approach so they know that they, they trust you with the service that they're asking you for. And I think that's, I think that's what, yeah. you know, that, is that's a good it. way to put it. I mean, it. you know, and again, I'm a, I'm a case example of one, but, you know, that's how I approach it. You know, it's, you know, we've been doing it long enough 
and been friends long enough where that's kind of a bonus. But like, yeah, you know, I'll tell you in the notes if it's like, hey, I didn't love this workout today. Like, I didn't. Mm -hmm. This isn't my favorite. Or I'll put on there, you know, hey, I love these. Um, you know, it, it's still, you know, I'm still in it to to. I'm invested to get something out of it. You're in it in a professional capacity. Um, but, you know, I think we have a, a system down where, you know, we've been doing it long enough where we know how to do it. And it's, um, yeah. you know, kind of the best of both worlds in terms of the fun and, and, and friends of it, but also getting down to business and, uh, yeah. you know, getting stronger. I mean, and, and that's really the, the point of all this. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's the mic drop comment right there. I think you just, I think you just nailed it, man. That was a good way to end on it. Um, so the interesting thing is since you mentioned before the very beginning, uh, you have business in Cincinnati. So tomorrow, as far as I know, you're coming to the gym for your, your check-in. That's uh, a little TBD, unfortunately. What? I know. I told you when I scheduled it, it was going to be TBD. Oh, no. But there's an option um, if we can potentially reschedule. Um, yeah, it's... Oh, Mike. This is I so... It. I thought I we were going to end on this like high five note. And now <laughs> I just want to close my laptop on you. I know. All I right. Know. Well, crap. We'll talk about we'll talk about that offline, I guess. Yes, let's take that one offline. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, I look, man, I, I appreciate you taking the time to to talk about this. I think this is really cool. And I think I hope it is some kind of benefit to other coaches and trainers out there in a way they can maybe wrap their heads around what online training looks like. And maybe if uh if you're somebody out there who has been thinking about hiring an online coach maybe mike has, has shed some lights on the benefits the pros and cons of it all and how to fit it into your life so mike thank you so much sir i appreciate your time and i will talk to you very soon thanks for having me